poetry lovers. This Father's Day, give the gift of poetry with Father versus Sons, a moving, funny, and richly illustrated book from the iconic Beat Generation author Herbert Gold and his twin sons. Father versus Sons, a correspondence in poems. Welcome to the guest editor Q&A hosted by the Academy of American Poets. I'm Mary Sutton, senior content editor at the Academy, and I'm here today with the guest editor for September, Cynthia Hogue. Cynthia is the author of In June the Labyrinth, Instead It is Dark, and Contain. Hello, Cynthia, and welcome. Hello, Mary. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And we're so glad to have you. So let us please uh, jump right in, shall we? Uh, how yes. Did, yes. <laughs> how did you approach <laughs> curating Poma Day for September? Well, I approach curating Poma Day as being on an exploratory journey. I tend to be an eclectic reader of poetry, and I'm interested in having a sense of the rich and diverse range of poetry being published in the US, including translations. Thanks to the pandemic, there was a multitude of Zoom readings offered around the country that I could catch, which I otherwise would maybe not have known about or have been able to attend. I listened differently last year because I was open to discovering the work of poets I'd never read before or heard read. I also thought long and hard about a theme or a concern that might determine the range of poem, poems I began to gather. Very generally, I realized that poems were often linked by their sense of urgency because of how the last two years have felt. For some time, I've dwelled on a question Brenda Hillman asked in Practical Water. How do we live a moral life? That question I've just gone back to again and again, and it never uh, fails to move me. I was interested to see how a range of poets, from debut collections to mature poets well along in their careers, responded in spirit to that question and processed living through our fraught times. Interesting. And um, we, we may return to that question about morality uh, in poetry a little bit later, because it, it does interest me. Mm -hmm. For now, um, if you could direct readers to one poem in our collection at poets.org that you haven't curated, what would it be and why? Well, because of the ongoing war in Ukraine this year, I've returned to Ilya Kaminsky's In a Time of Peace recently and recommend it now. 
Written well before the pandemic and the war in Ukraine, the poem is actually responding with power and nuance to the racialized violence that has characterized the US in what is, but is not really a peaceful time. The emotions and insights seem analogous to me. And actually along those lines, I'd like to add that I have also returned to Afa Michael Weaver's luminous poem, Midnight Air in Louisville, dedicated to the memory of Breonna Taylor and Pierre Joris's poem, September 14th on Dante's death day, which becomes with such exquisite eco outrage, a piercing meditation on the paradise of earth that we've made a purgatory and are in the process of turning into a hell. So, little bit of <laughs> cheating there, perhaps, Mary, but I found that all these poems powerful and more, but these to name today. Indeed, indeed. Um, for those who are interested, uh, Ilya Kaminsky was guest editor for Poma Day in December 2021. Um, the Afa Michael Weaver poem was published uh, in February as part of uh, John Murillo's uh, curation, uh, February 2022, while uh, Pierre Joris's poem was uh, most recently published uh, in June, Poma Day, uh, and that month was curated by Joss Charles. Um, that Kaminsky poem is, is especially interesting to me um, because you know, when I read it, it seems that the underlying concern is uh, how easy it is when you haven't been deprived of, of your everyday conveniences uh, to become apathetic. Um, you know, I, I think particularly in, in the case of racialized violence, even after um, the Black Lives Matter movement, it becomes very easy for some observers to consider a situation and think, um, this doesn't concern me, or, or this, this wouldn't happen to me, and then just to continue on uh, with, with their day, their, with their mundane concerns. Um, so it, it or even to get, mm -hmm. even to get used to it. Right, which is worse, to become inured. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Violence. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I think that poem serves as a powerful reminder of how engaged we all really, really need to be. To go back to your earlier point about, about mm -hmm. morality and what that really is. Absolutely. It's an awareness and a consciousness that we must actually uh, work on and cultivate. Uh, so. Part of the responsibility, one could mm -hmm. say, of, of, of being human. Um, what are you reading right now? Well, I think like most poets, uh, having a large pile of books by their bedside um, that I tend to dip in um, and uh, sometimes to read in one fell swoop. Uh, 
and I tend to go everywhere with a book of poems, albeit not necessarily traveling. <laughs> but over the summer, I'll just name a few uh, that have been particularly memorable. Shara McCollum, Linda Hogan, G.S. Giscom, Pamela Ushuk, Karen Brennan, Cole Swenson, Solmaz Sharib, Louise Gluck, and Claudia Keelan. And inspired by a gorgeous study of Rilke that I recently read in manuscript, I've begun dipping into a book that meditates on the philosophy of gentleness, the power of gentleness in English. It's by the late French philosopher Anne du Fort-Mantel in translation. You may know her work, Mary. Because of you, now, now I do. <laughs> um, you know, the, the power of gentleness. Um, there's a chapter in there entitled uh, in Intelligence. Um, and in that chapter, Dufourmantel uh, describes gentleness as, quote, primarily an intelligence, one that carries life, that saves and enhances it. It is an understanding of the relationship with the other and tenderness is the epitome of this relationship, end quote. Um, the Poem and Day poems that you mentioned are arguably um, meditations on gentleness. Do you think that poets have a role or, or even an obligation to foster gentleness? I'm not sure that uh, poets have an obligation because poetry is much larger than any one purpose or um, object, objective. But I think that the consciousness that poets cultivate can participate in a larger conversation in our culture to address what seems to me uh, a time of just unavoidable and tragic violence. Not that poets can fix that um, by being anything other than uh, the conscious beings they are in the world, but that bringing that to the table, that awareness, that consciousness, that choice, to be aware and to work through uh, particular matters that we might be considering, whether they're ethical, moral, um, or a choice of a kind of ethos of behavior. Uh, I think that poets remember that it is a responsibility that they care, that they bring that to the table. Not that they're responsible to bring that into the world, but that that's a responsibility to, perhaps to bring to the page. I know from my own experience that gentleness is a choice. And I think I'm recalling correctly, it is often associated with weakness, and yet it's a strength 
right? It's a, a, a restraint to let loose. So. Yes, thank you. Thank you for, for that, for that response. And, um, you know, I, I think it's also worth, worth mentioning um, that earlier in the book, um, perhaps in, in the forward, uh, it's mentioned that gentleness um, shouldn't be confused with, with, with some of the ways in which um, it's been perhaps sanitized by a lot of um, mm -hmm. new age self-help literature. No offense to those who like to read <laughs> new age and, and self-help literature, um, but it, it, is, it, it requires um, more of a self-rigor, I, I guess we can say, than, than what is presented um, in, 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 those, in those new age and, and, and self-help texts. That's such a good term, yes. Um, perhaps that was what I was trying to grasp at with self-restraint, um, self-rigor. Um, and to be figuring out how to bring that consciousness, how to bring that ethic to the page so that it goes beyond the page is something that I think a lot of poets think about. It's not just a lament or a protest, but an awareness that extends beyond the frame of the poem. Absolutely. So what are you currently working on in your writing, teaching, and publishing life? So I um, wish I could say that I have a project gelling on gentleness, but I, it, it hasn't reached my consciousness yet, although I might be ruminating. Um, but as it happens, I've been working on some writing projects that, that aren't poetry, a review of a biography of H.D. and Breyer focusing on their love story, which is uh, fascinating and argues that these women influence the direction of modernism significantly. And I found that argument very persuasive. If one reads the biography, incidentally, one understands the vision in the poem by Breyer published on Poma Day a month ago. I think that was also in June, entitled The Pool, that the boy in the scene is Breyer herself, who in the biography um, is revealed as always thinking of herself and referring to herself as a boy, a very contemporary um, sense of identification. Uh, I've also been finishing an essay on alchemy of place for a symposium this fall. And I, I just loved doing that. I'd love to do more such essays around an idea and exploring it, taking that idea and exploring it through a number of contemporary poems. 
And I'd like to find a form myself for eco-alchemical poems, which I haven't yet. This year I'm publishing, over the next year, I'm publishing three books. And so I'm actually between projects and if I'm being generous to myself, I would say I'm in a fallow period. I'm not, you know, I'm writing other things, but uh, jotting down some notes for poems, but not poems that I've finished. It feels a luxury um, to be in this place of resting, but it also feels like a burden <laughs> that I'm staring at a nothing that is. <laughs> so. Um, you might know, and uh, our readers, I think, would be interested, or our listeners and readers would be interested um, in knowing that New Directions Press uh, is reissuing Hermione in October of this year, uh, which is HD's or Hilda Doolittle's autobiographical novel. Um, I'm interested too um, in your mention of eco alchemical poetry, based on my understanding of it, which is very limited. Um, it is work that engages with materiality, as eco-poetry and eco-criticism do, but it also engages with the um, mysticism um, that we have seen in medieval and Renaissance literature. Is, is that right? Or is, is, it more, <laughs> is it more than that? No, you're, you're, you're spot on. And uh, also, I think of it as uh, not simply a description of place, but a transformation of place. And that transformation may come uh, as a kind of uh, clearing and blessing of the place. The idea started with me. Uh, from an, you know, a couple of actual experiences where, and I think other people have had these experiences where you're visiting a place that has known great violence and you can feel it. If you have a particular intuitive awareness or um, you bring that to the place or you know the history of the place. Uh, describing the place in home is, is not enough. You want to, or I think of it as wanting to transform that violence into something that isn't haunting the place, but uh, blessing it that the process is an alchemical process, uh, at least perhaps not physically, but uh, spiritually, mystically, as you said. It's a very strange experience to happen upon unexpectedly. But when you happen upon it, you're taking in all sorts of stimuli that you're reacting to, but perhaps on an unconscious level, uh, 
And when you sit down to write the poem, you're bringing that up into conscious level. So the place is not the place you visited. It's not the literal place you visited, um, but the place that you're bringing to It also makes me think of, of the concept of uh, placemaking, uh, which figures in, into landscape studies. Uh, we tend to think of places as yes. static settings. Um, and physically, you know, in, in, in certain ways they are, um, but we play a huge role in, in our creation uh, and recreation of, of spaces and of places. Um, this seems to be um, one of the concerns of eco-alchemical poetry. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a philosopher, I'm looking through my notes here, of place. He's theorizing space, not place, as holding the vibrations that the place has witnessed. And that's what I began to think about um, the poem as being able to signify and to process in its material, sometimes through sonic experimentation, sometimes through the transformation of description into uh, vision. So, but I don't think I have done it myself yet. <laughs> I think I've been reading others who have done it. Well, I'm interested uh, in, in, if you do, uh, I'd, I'd love to read, love to read that poem. I, I think many listeners would too. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for joining me. It's been a great pleasure. And thank you for this conversation. Poem A Day is the original daily poetry series featuring new poems by today's poets. Produced by the Academy of American Poets, this free digital series is made possible by you, our readers and listeners. Learn more about Poem A Day, and if you can, please consider supporting this work by visiting poets.org give.